Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors educational podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. Our topic today is cybersecurity disclosure. Our special guest is Kelly Hennekins of EY Center for Board Matters. EY is a global leader in assurance, tax, transaction, and advisory services. The EY Center for Board Matters supports boards, committees, and directors in their oversight role by providing content, insights, and education to help them address complex board issues. The EY Center for Board Matters recently issued a new report entitled Cybersecurity Disclosure Benchmarking. The report analyzes, as of September 1, 2018, the voluntary cybersecurity-related disclosures in the proxy statements in annual reports of Fortune 100 companies on the topics of board oversight, statements on cybersecurity risk and strategy, and risk management. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for speaking with us today. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. I'm going to ask three questions about your new report, so let's get started. Question one. Kelly, what was the single most surprising finding from your analysis of the cybersecurity-related disclosures of the Fortune 100? Well, Jeff, to me, the single most surprising finding was the huge variation in the disclosures that we found in proxy statements and 10Ks. There was variation across topics from company to company and at the sector level. By way of example, most companies overall provided disclosure on less than half of the topics that we reviewed in our benchmarking effort. And yet, when we looked at the small subset that provided disclosures on half or more of the reviewed topics, we found it surprising, too, that they came from a fairly wide range of industries and not just one or two, as market observers might expect. This included financial services firms consumer discretionary, consumer staples, healthcare, and industrials. But remember, this was a small subset. And another way to look at the variation in disclosure was by topic. On one hand, we found that all of the reviewed companies consistently referenced cybersecurity as a risk factor in their 10K filings. And most, 84%, indicated that cybersecurity was a priority in terms of the board-level risk oversight. And yet, on the other hand, we found that only around one quarter of the reviewed companies disclosed that there was at least one individual who was serving as the point person on cybersecurity. And we also found that even fewer companies disclosed a fairly specific frequency of reporting to the board. Around 10% indicated that company processes included board-level reporting on cybersecurity matters as frequently as at least annually or quarterly. Now, we recognize that companies are doing a great deal of work on cybersecurity and that disclosures may not necessarily reflect company practices, but we found the contrast in the numbers certainly to be thought-provoking. I would also say we found additional sources of variation in the disclosures. For example, in terms of the amount of language and the degree of dispersal, in other words, where the language was located, this varied quite a bit. At one company, for example, we saw that cybersecurity disclosures was limited to only a couple words in the 10K risk factor section. At another company, there may be a lot of language disclosed back-to-back, and we also might find cybersecurity-focused disclosure dispersed widely throughout the 10K sections, where the language is woven as sub-themes under various different sections, such as enterprise risk management or business continuity, technology, or customer-focused matters. So you had to do a lot more digging there. For this audience, I probably don't need to say this, but we also found that the degree of language that is company-specific versus, say, boilerplate also varied quite widely. 
Altogether, I'd say the variations speak to opportunities for enhanced disclosure. And considering that the recent SEC guidance was released in February, in other words, just before the annual reports for 2017 were due to be filed and at the start of the 2018 proxy season, I'd say companies may not have had the opportunity to really just fully consider and implement it. And I would anticipate that this time next year, we'll see a notable increase in cybersecurity-related disclosures. Question number two. Kelly, in addressing the Council of Institutional Investors at its fall 2008 conference in New York City, SEC Commissioner Kara Stein argued that the commission's February 2018 issuance of, quote, mere guidance regarding cyber-related disclosures falls short of providing useful and reliable disclosure, unquote. Based on your findings, what were the areas of cybersecurity disclosure that you found particularly most useful or of greatest interest to investors? Well, Jeff, as a starting point, I'd look to CII's publication, Prioritizing Cybersecurity, the five questions for portfolio company boards, where one question was, how are the company's cyber risks communicated to the board? By whom and with what frequency? And another question that came in two parts. How does the board ensure that the company is organized appropriately to address cybersecurity risks? Does management have the skill sets it needs? To me, that these questions focus on oversight structure, management reporting, and board-level access to expertise. It's something I find interesting, partly because they appear to be relatively neutral topics in terms of disclosure, much less sensitive than some other potential areas. I also find these questions really interesting because if you were to line them up alongside of the five principles for boards as laid out by the National Association of Corporate Directors, you'll find that through their cybersecurity handbook, there's overlapping focus areas. This may be in terms of attention to oversight structure, management reporting, and board-level access to expertise. So again, just to line things up, one principle from the NICD handbook is that boards should have adequate access to cybersecurity expertise and that discussions about cyber risk management should be given regular and adequate time on board meeting agendas. Another principle states that directors should set the expectation that management will establish an enterprise-wide cyber risk management framework with adequate staffing and budget. Thinking about those and looking back towards our review of the Fortune 100 proxies and 10K filings, we found that most companies, here 84%, had one or more board-level committees that was charged with oversight on cybersecurity matters. We also found that for 70%, so this is just most of these, of the reviewed companies, this was the audit committee. But what I found more intriguing was the 20% of companies that relied on a board-level committee outside of the three traditional key committees. For example, we're seeing that some boards are assigning this responsibility to the risk or the technology committee. By way of background, EY has been reviewing board committee structures across the S&P 500 since 2013. And what we found there in, in that research is that there appears to be an ongoing shift where companies are increasingly designated cybersecurity oversight to a non-audit committee, but the movement has been very gradual. Going back to data points, I would say turning to reporting frequency, I think that that's also likely to be a useful topic to follow, at least to the extent that it's specific. For example, disclosures of, say, periodic reporting to the board is less informative than time-based language like 
reporting that's held at least annually or quarterly. In comparison, speaking to the board level access to expertise, I'd say that's a more complicated area to follow with regards to disclosures. We found in our research that 41% of the reviewed companies included cybersecurity as one of the key director qualifications that were highlighted in the proxy or considered that they were either highlighted as a skill set or that it was noted as being considered by the board. Now, this data point is quite broad, partly because the disclosure also is quite broad. The language may not always indicate which directors, if any, have the expertise, and there's quite a bit of variations, and this goes back to that first finding, or the most surprising finding. There's just a lot of variations in what is considered and defined as cybersecurity expertise. To add to that, it was interesting to note that a number of companies also disclose they're investing in education and training, as well as engagement with outside security specialists as a way to make sure they had access to current and or leading edge expertise in this area. Final question. Kelly, you referenced the Council of Institutional Investors 2016 publication entitled Prioritizing Cybersecurity, Five Investor Questions for Portfolio Company Boards. In that publication, CII suggested that companies should proactively communicate the, quote, process by which it assesses damage caused by a cyber incident and the methodology it uses to account for cyber incidents affecting data and assets, unquote. What were your findings with respect to disclosures related to the process or the methodology that companies are using for cyber incidents? Well, thanks, Jeff. This is, I think, quite a tough question in that cybersecurity is still a very new area for disclosures. I'd say that based on our review, which was grounded in the proxy statements and the 10Ks, my short answer would be that process and methodology are among the topics that we're continuing to keep an eye out for. In our review, we found that 71% of the reviewed companies described efforts to mitigate cybersecurity risks as including making investments in personnel, training, monitoring, and establishing processes, procedures, and systems. This language was really that broadly phrased. We also found that 30% referenced response planning, disaster recovery, or business continuity considerations. Again, very high level. And I would also add that in comparison, only 3% of the reviewed companies shared that the preparedness included simulations, tabletop exercises, response readiness tests, or independent assessments. Going back to the SEC's 2018 guidance, this highlighted the view that disclosures around a company's cybersecurity risk management program and how the board engages with management on cybersecurity issues can enable investors to better assess how the board is addressing its risk oversight responsibility. Again, I remind folks that given the timing of the release, more and also more informative disclosure is likely to be included in the next round of 10Ks and proxy filings. I'd also say that it's important to consider that there's a number of moving pieces in terms of company practices. As one indicator, the EY's Global Information Security Survey recently found that 87% of the respondents said they need up to 50%, so 5-0, more funding to enable their organization's cybersecurity function to be in line with the organization's existing risk tolerance level. Another development to consider is the estimated global shortfall of about 1.8 million cybersecurity professionals over the next five years. 
We're hearing, we're seeing that companies are asking themselves a lot of important questions about what's most important for their specific business model and their specific circumstances. For me, I had an aha moment recently when one of our partners, Chuck Seats, said that boards sometimes think of cybersecurity incidents as a failure of technology or software, but that it's usually the result of a failure of human processes and controls. This was really eye-opening for me, and based on our disclosure review, we did find that some companies are investing and disclosing their organizational and reporting structure on cybersecurity. They're making sure that there is board-level expertise relating to cybersecurity, and more broadly, expertise on technology and enterprise risk management. We're seeing that some companies are collaborating and coordinating with members of their outside security community, whether it's industry peers or policymakers or both, and that some are also proactively working with external independent advisors. Speaking for myself and our research team, I'd say we're just very much looking forward to seeing how the disclosures continue to evolve especially as we're seeing companies, investors, and policymakers and other stakeholders continue to work together to try to better understand what type of disclosure might be most helpful. That concludes our program. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank our special guest, Kelly Hennikins of the EY Center for Board Matters. If you have any questions or comments regarding Kelly's remarks or the Council of Institutional Investors' views on cybersecurity, please feel free to contact me at jeff, J-E-F-F, at C-I-I dot O-R-G. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening.